This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. I would say that the listeners of Paul Bunyan Country are the smartest people on earth. Well, he's anxious to be on the uh, hard water, but I don't think he's been spending a lot of hard time on the hard water yet. Dick Beardsley, welcome back to Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Hey, Kev, always great to be with you, and I never thought I'd be seeing on December 8th, there's no snow, <laughs> there's barely any ice, and uh, yeah, it's, you know, that's just not northern Minnesota, typically no. for this time of the year. It's been, it's been strange. It's supposed to be cooler next week, but then it's supposed to heat up again. Yes. We'll see if that happens, but... I tell you what, yeah, I know there's people out ice fishing. Oh, but. yeah, and I, I've been out on a couple of times on smaller lakes, and there's, even on the small lakes, about the most ice I've found is like four inches. I was out on Bemidji a few days ago just to check the ice, and um, I was south of Diamond Point on the west side, and it it was kind of scary walking out because that ice is gin clear, the water is gin clear, and so you can see everything. About every 50 feet, I was, you know, punching a hole and measuring it and stuff. And and the most I could find was three inches. Okay. That's scary. Yeah. You know, and they, what the DNR recommends at least four. And and, and I know, you know, it was, it was kind of cool, though, as I got out to the break where I, I got a little spot out there. I fish early for walleyes. It's usually pretty good. And and you can see where the break was because all of a sudden the water starts to get darker, you know. And uh, just before I got there, I was looking down and I could see a couple of walleye swimming away. I could see the white tips on their on their tails and stuff. Okay. So, um, and and then, so uh, Bemidji had been pretty much all buttoned up since I think, right around the 1st of December, something like that. It had buttoned up, except there was an open area on the north side of a diamond point you know there's some current through there because of the bar that runs in there and plus there was about 80 swans out there well i just was out there and it is it's it's it really has opened up that middle part of the lake out there um so boy if people are venturing out there and i, I know the other day when i was out there checking the ice there must have been a dozen college kids skating all over the ice on lake bemidji Wow. So I'm out there, and they're going everywhere. And as I'm walking back in after checking the ice, a couple of them came over to me. They go, how thick is the ice? I go, not very. I said, the most I found is three inches. They had no idea. But they're just out there skating around, (laughs) like, which it looked like it was a lot of fun. It looked like a Zamboni had been out there across the top of the ice, and it was so smooth. Wow. Yeah. Well, um. So obviously you haven't been ice fishing much. Not much, no. And you know, I, I had a friend of mine that was on Upper Red yesterday, and they did pretty good. You know, they it wasn't like lights out, but you know they were able to. You know, they were out there all day, and they they got their fish. You know, they, that they brought back, and but um, that was the middle of the week, and they said there were quite a few people. You know, even at the middle of the week, but they went out. They got out away, kind of from the crowds and stuff, and that probably helped a little bit. But other than Red. I know the folks up at Arneson's at Rocky Point, you know, on Lake of the Woods, they're just chomping at the bit. I mean, there's still open water on Lake of the Woods, you know, and this past weather that we've had has not helped that situation at all. And, and, you know, I'm trying to get, want to get my wheelhouses, rental houses out on Bemidji. It's going to, you know, I've got people that are booked on the, I think, starting the 22nd of December. That's not going to happen, you know. So I guess... 
you know, the, we can't get upset about it. It is what it is. And I guess as much as I love the winter, we might as well enjoy this next weather while we can. You right, know? right. You know, so. <laughs> well, well, let's talk a little bit about then uh, fall fishing. Yeah. Since um, we can't, you know, we can't talk a whole lot about ice fishing. How was the fall in, in the lakes you've been fishing? Yeah, it was good. You know, the, I, I love the fall and the, the fall fishing. You know, I, I missed out on probably two of the most primetime weeks, the first couple of weeks in October, because I, I, I had an infection in my left knee. And so I was, I had to be in the hospital over in Fargo for a, almost two weeks. But but uh, once I got out, the weather stayed nice, you know, and uh, I got out, I was even out into into November, you know, and it was good. I mean, Bemidji was good. The fish were up, you know, shallow. Um, they were aggressive. They were, you know, I'm talking walleyes now. Yeah. And uh, it was, yeah, it was really, really good. And there was virtually nobody out fishing. You know, once you get, if we still have open water, once you get to the, the weekend of deer season, that first weekend, you know, most of the local folks, they put their boats away. They got hunting on their mind. And so there's, you know, I'd see one or two boats out every once in a while, but there, there just wasn't many people out there. And, uh, and then I've been out to, since we, our lakes have froze up here, I've been out to South Dakota out by Chamberlain a couple of times, open water fishing Mm. and the walleye bite. (laughs) It's ridiculous. Is it? Oh my gosh. Kev, it's it's off the charts, and nobody's out fishing out there either. And the way the the winter's looking out there, they may be fishing open water out there all through the month of December out there. Wow. Yeah. So I might head back out there again if I, you know, if it looks like I'm not going to be able to get my wheelhouses out till you know after the first of the year. I I may head back out there and do a little open water fishing again. Well, which of the Dakotas broke their state record twice in the last? South Dakota. Maybe you'll get the new <laughs> South Dakota state record. <laughs> they were on. I, I fish either Lake Francis Case or Lake Sharp, which are you know part of the Missouri River system. But the next reservoir north of Lake Sharp, up by Pier, is Oahe, yeah. and that's where they've come from. And just the other day, they. Uh, uh, Another one, it wasn't a record, but it was over 16 pounds. It's just, you know, I saw pictures of it. It didn't even look like a walleye. It looked like a big carp almost, you know. It just, right. But, yeah, they were getting some big ones out there this fall. Wow. Okay. Crazy. Wow. Uh, but but our area, pretty good fall. Numbers It was good. good. And the smallmouth bass fishing, you know, we're getting more and more lakes that have smallmouth bass in them. And, and and uh, big turtle. I, I was out there a few times late fall. Even got out there once in early November. And you know the smallmouth bath bass they start stacking up. That's why after September fifteenth in Minnesota, it's all catch and release because they start schooling up. And uh, we got into some some big smallies like some twenty inchers and stuff. And mm. that, those are nice fish. And gosh darn it, they're fun to catch. Oh yeah, you know absolutely. They're they're just fighters and and. Um, and then the crappies, you know, the crappie fishing was good. Once we got into about early to mid-October on some of the lakes out in those deeper basins. But, you know, you can't just go catch a release because they're in deep water and you bring yep. them up and you, you got to keep them. Mm-hmm. So I had a few guide trips for crappies and, and, I, and I told the folks, you know, if you get your 10, we're done fishing. You know, we can go fish for pike or, or walleyes or something like that. But um, so that's always a challenge, too. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah, what would you say uh, 
based on your observances and, and your year of fishing, what would you say about the populations that we have for fish in the area? Everything looking healthy? I think so. I mean, you know, like out on Lake Bemidji last winter and even, you know, this summer, we were catching on guide trips out there. Me and my client, we were catching a lot of walleyes in that 10-inch range, mm. which, you know, obviously they're too small to keep. But it's good to see that young brood. And last winter out in the fish houses, people were, you know, I'd go out there to check on them. And they'd go, yeah, we're catching walleyes, but they're like, you know, eight, nine inchers. And then last, you know, after the opener last year, those first about three weeks on Bemidji, it was hard catching any fish to throw into the the uh, live well. They were too big. I mean, mm. we were catching, you know, I don't keep them if they're over 20 inches yeah and but we were catching lots of 23s to 26 inches out there and then you get your keepers too so lake bemidji from what i've seen is in really really good shape and uh andrusia the same way you know you, you, i never catch a lot of big fish out there but you catch a lot of just nice eaters you know those yeah. 15 to 18 inches they seem like there's a lot of them out in that lake, you know, and Big Lake kind of the same way. And they were they were all good. The the uh, uh, Turtle River Lake, you know, and and Turtle Turtle Lake, the, it was good out there all summer long, and and various sizes, you know. So as we're talking walleyes now. Sure. So um, I think things are looking pretty good. Okay. You know, and Excellent. now since we don't have you know the kind of ice you want to get out there. The one good thing about it, there's just a lot less fish being caught right now because right. nobody's really out there fishing. Absolutely. You know, yeah. so. It, the other thing you mentioned was how clear the water is. Yeah. How much clearer is it than it used to be? Boy, you know, maybe it just seems so much clearer this winter because there's no snow out there and that ice isn't very thick. And you, like I said, it's like looking through a glass, you know, a, a, a glass jar. I mean, it's so clear so you can see down so much, you know, and then, you know, when you get snow out there and you drill a hole, you know, if, if it's dark, you know, you, if you're inside your little house or something, you can see down there, but it's, it's super clear. Like I'm talking Bemidji now. Right. I mean, but then I had a friend that was on another lake north of town. I won't mention the name cause they were catching some pretty good fish out there, but it was, they said, they would put their baits down and they weren't on the bottom. They were off the bottom. And when you'd bring up your line, it was filled with slime. And and they said, you look down in the water, you could hardly see. So I don't mm. know if things got riled up before that lake froze up or something, you know, and it just hasn't settled down. But they said it was the craziest thing. Yeah. Mm. But Bemidji is like, holy smokes. And part of that probably is... The zebra mussels, sure. you know, that are out there. But so far, at least for me, I have not seen any uh, drop-off in catching walleyes out on Lake Bemidji because of the of the zebra mussels out there, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I, the only thing I've heard, you know, like a cast before and, yeah. and Winnie before that is took a while to figure out where they were. Yeah. But the numbers are still there. Numbers are still there, and... I have to admit, though, you know, you know, I, I like to fish weed lines and things like that. But this summer, I, I was catching 
more walleyes in around 30 feet on Bemidji than I ever have. Mm. I would In years past, I just never think of even going out that deep in the open water season. But I started marking fish out there, you know, and then you get out on in that 30-foot range, and there was lots of bait fish out there. And, you know, where there's going to be bait fish, there's going to be the, the walleyes too. So, yeah, and that probably – the zebra mussels with the clear water. It's either going to force them in next to the weed lines where they can get into the cabbage and stuff or out in that deeper water probably. Are you still getting uh, a lot of zebra mussels on your stuff? I know you that's do. been a case for some yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. You know, I, you know me, I like to jig fish a lot. And, and you'll be jigging, you know, and all of a sudden you'll feel it – it, it's not a, you can tell it's not a bite and, but it just feels kind of heavy. And then mm. you reel it in and you'll have a, you'll have a glob of zebra mussels. Oh. And, and it happens in the wintertime. Even when you're stationary, you know, I'll tell people that are out in the houses, I, I'll tell them, you know, if you're not seeing any fish on your, on your, uh, on your Vexler, you know, drop that spoon all the way down and pound the bottom a little bit. And sometimes they'll come up with a big glob of zebra mussels. So, yeah, they're they're pretty prevalent now out on Bemidji, that's for sure. He is Dick Beardsley of Dick Beardsley's Fishing Guide Service. We've got a lot more to cover with Dick next. I'm Bill Rosedale, proud to help educate Kevin Jackson on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Hi, this is Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service and Fish House Rentals. Are you looking to plan your next ice fishing adventure? Well, look no further as Bemidji, Minnesota is the place to be. There are over 400 fishing lakes within a 25-mile radius of Bemidji. Come drop a line at becoming a fishing legend. While on your fishing adventure, explore the hundreds of well-groomed snowmobile trails that Bemidji has to offer. Don't forget to take a picture with the historic Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox. Bemidji, bigger fish and better stories. I'm Chuck Hasse, Leisure Outdoor Adventures, and you're listening to Paul Bunyan Country. Dick Beardsley of Dick Beardsley's Fishing Guide Service is my guest today. Now, last time, I don't know if it was last time we talked on the air or if it was just a conversation we were having, but you had, you admitted. I know where this is going. You've, you've moved into the 21st century. <laughs> I did. So tell us about that. Oh, Kim, how many times over the last couple of years, probably, Dick, forward sonar. I, and, and my standard answers was, uh-uh. If I can't, and I, my, here was my standard answer. If I can't get people to catch fish with the with the graphs that I have on my boat, then I don't deserve to be a guide. Yeah. Kev, I fell in. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyhow, I started talking to some of the guys, you know, and I'd see them at the gas station or something. And I talked to one of the friend of mine that fishes the uh, the uh, Knights of Columbus walleye tournament out yeah. here. And he was telling me the top 40 finishers all had forward sonar. So he goes, Dick, it's a game changer. And I'm thinking, gosh, dang it. So I, and then I, so I went out with a a former, well, it still is a guide client of mine from Grand Forks. They've got a cabin on Bemidji and he has one. So I called him up one day and, and uh, I said, "Um, Steve, would you mind just taking me out I just want to see how these things work. Because, you know, Kev, I'm about as techie as a polar bear. Right. So I'm not kidding you. We go out to a hump on the north end of Lake Bemidji. He puts his his uh, forward sonar down, and and we're on a little hump. And he goes, oh, there's one off the corner there. And he flips out a jigging wrap. And I'm watching the screen now. And I see that jigging wrap go to the bottom, and he gives it a pop. And all of a sudden, there was a walleye about four foot above it just 
went down and hammered that thing. So I'm thinking, well, that's impressive. So then he, we turned the boat a little bit, and on the other side of the hump, there's like six of them sitting off the break in about 22 foot of water. So he throws out this jigging wrap again, and, and I'm watching his screen, and a couple of them come over and took a look at it, and they went back to the school. So he picks up another rod with a quarter-ounce jig and a plastic swim tail on there, and he casts that down there, and also I, I'm watching it fall, and boom, one comes over and just smacks it. So I'm, I said, is it hard to operate? He said, no. So anyhow, I got one. So I, I, I get done with a guy trip, Kev. I get out on Lake Bemidji just to figure if I can turn the darn thing on or not, you yeah. know. So I get out on a hump out there, and I'm, I'm figuring it out a little bit. And, and I've got my front sonar, regular sonar on, and I've got the, the pole in the water, the forward sonar. And I'm looking, and I don't, I'm not seeing any fish on top of this hump, but I get off. I get off one side of it in about 25 foot of water where it starts breaking. And I saw just on my front locator, just a massive amount of bait fish, probably shiners. So I got the scope on, I point it that way and I see about six blips just off the bottom. So I park the boat there with my spot lock and I flip a jigging wrap down there and it falls down and I give it a wrap and bam, I get an 18 incher. Kev, the next one, I get a 26-incher. Next one, I get a 27-incher. And I'm, and then the school kind of left me. And I'm thinking, this is, it's not fair. <laughs> I mean, it's, because it, I could watch them. I could yeah. see them. You can see them swimming and coming down to get it and stuff. So anyhow, that, you know, I was sold. But here's the thing, Kev. When I have, my, either I'm out fishing by myself or with guide clients, I, it's not like I have that thing on all the time. For me, it's an extra tool in the toolbox. If I get into a situation, I probably fish with it. Oh, in fact, I know I do. At least so far, I fish less with it than I do more with it. And okay. if I get in certain situations, there there's a few areas out on Bemidji that got some some old log piles and stuff. And it's fun to with that thing to see exactly where they're at because you know when you see them on your on your regular graph they're already behind you so that way you know lining up on certain humps certain weed lines it's really beneficial but I'm not one that's going to go chase a, a walleye or a pike or a muskie around with it just to see if I can get it to bite but it, again it's an extra tool in the box but it's something that I you know I don't mm-hmm. use all the time but it is it's pretty amazing I have to but I can't believe I. Jumped off the end of the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody's doing it. I know. And here's the deal, Kev. The wintertime is when they really shine, you know, especially with panfish, especially with crappies. You know, you can just pinpoint them, these schools of fish, and just and people hammer them. Something will for sure have to be done. Either we lower our limits. Uh, I don't know what it's going to be because as as a lot of electronics come down in price, more and more people get them, more and more people realize and how to use them. You know, yes, we have a resource that's renewable, but to a certain point, and and these things are the technology. It, it, it's unbelievable. So something's going to have to be done. And I know some of the tournaments are talking about, hey, you're not, you're not, they're outlawed in tournaments, or a tournament will have. You can enter the division where you can use forward sonar or you can enter the division where you don't. Because if you fish a tournament, walleye, whatever, and you don't have forward sonar, you yeah. are at a big disadvantage. You know, it's just the way it is. Yeah. And so anyhow. Yeah. Well, people are out ice fishing already. Others are, are waiting for it to get a little thicker. Let's uh, give them good advice on A, where they're going to find them and B, 
I'm being safe out there. Yeah, absolutely. So where are you going to find them? If you were still out there this fall catching walleyes, wherever you were catching them, I'd be heading right back to those same areas because more than likely they're going to still be in those same areas. So basically this time of the year, I like to I like to focus on those first breaks, you know, off of a deep edge or if you can still find some green weeds, which, you know, with no snow out there, there's still some green cabbage out there and stuff because of the sunlight penetrating. So that's where I'd concentrate on those first breaks and, and shoreline points where it breaks off into the deeper water. And then um, in the crappies, you know, they're going to be out in those deep basins. You'll still find, you know, some nice bluegills and some crappies up in those cabbage areas where you're catching them, you know, late last summer and whatnot. And then, but number one, all the time, but especially this time of year is safety. So, you know, this time of the year when we got early ice and it's not very good ice, if you're going to venture out, I highly recommend venturing with a partner. Have somebody out there with you. Have, a, you know, either a life jacket on or a float jacket, you know, and bibs and stuff. That way, if you do go through, you're going to not, you know, you're going to float. Have your um, ice picks around mm, your neck, yep, yep. you know. This time of the year, they're they're around my neck from now until we, I can't go on the ice anymore in the springtime. Cleats, put some type of cleats on your boots because with, there, with there's no snow out there and that ice is slick. And, you know, maybe if you're younger and you fall, you're going to just get bruised up a little bit. But you start getting to my age, upper 60s, and you fall, something's probably going to break, you know. So, um, and... You know, have a have your cell phone with you in case something happens. Have a rope with you in case you know where you can have help somebody or they can help you. So, right now, it's in and you'd rather be over cautious than not cautious enough. You know, right. we're going to have plenty of ice, and there'll be fish out there. And you know, there's not a fish in the lake that's worth breaking through. And um, yeah, so safety is number one, absolutely. I know you rent fish houses, but yeah. uh, how long is it going to be before you can do that? Boy, Kev, it's going to be a bit. You know, I've already got some bookings for, I think, starting on the 22nd of December. That's not going to happen. I mean, yeah. it's not going to happen. I, I'm hoping, I, I looked at a 45-day outlook that goes well first part of February, something like that. And once we get about the first week into January, they're starting to, at least this is what they're saying. It looks like we're going to get some below zero nights, but you know, the next couple of weeks, I mean, it's supposed to get like the week after this, like back into the forties for a couple of days again. So it's going to be a while, you know, before we can get our wheelhouses out there. And, um, you know, last year we fought with Lots of snow, lots of slush. This year, we don't even have any ice to be able to get them out there yet. So, But we'll be able to get them out there eventually. And if we don't get a lot of snow, we might have one of those winters where we can get around a little bit easier than the last few years. All right. Well, if people are uh, thinking ahead to 2024, I'm sure you'll take some bookings for that. Oh, too. absolutely. And if if they're looking at a, you know, want to rent one of my ice castles, they're very comfortable to fish in They're they're a very fair price and, and you'll have a great time. Or if you want to, you know, I've already started getting bookings for the open water season in 2024. You can give me a call at 218-556-7172, or you can text me at that same number, or you can go um, to my website, dickbeardsleyfishingguide.com. Dickbeardsleyfishingguide.com. Yeah. All right. Well, before we wrap it up, got to do the Fast Five. Love the Fast Five. All right. Here we go. Fast Five with Dick Beardsley. Fast Five. Who's with me? Question number one. I think I know the answer to this, but 
Um, you used to do it all, even some trapping. So uh, fishing or hunting? Fishing. Okay. Has it always been that way? It used to be 50-50. And then once I got out of college and stuff, it, I just kind of started doing less and less hunting. And yeah, it's it's definitely fishing. Was there anything in particular you love to hunt for? Or? I love grouse hunting. I still like going and walking through the woods every once in a while. And But I tell you what, was what was right in there up through college in the fall and early winter was trapping too. Boy, that was in the early, late fall, early winter. Man, I, that's, that's. That's what I did. I yeah. loved it. Yeah. Okay. What did you? What was your favorite thing to trap? Red fox. They were always the the toughest to catch, you know, or trap. And I remember my senior year of high school. That year, I trapped a hundred red fox, and I averaged a hundred dollars a piece for the pelt. Wow. Yeah. And I learned how to trap fox. You've heard me talk about my buddy Bernie, yeah. Bernie Backman. Bernie's been long gone now. And um, But I learned how to trap red fox. Bernie was a fishing and hunting guide here in Bemidji. I learned how to trap red fox from Bernie. I trapped my first one when I was 13, and I was I was never so excited in my life about anything. Whoa. Yeah. Question number two. I also know the answer to this one, but we need to make it official because <laughs> it's quite a battle. Vikings or Packers? Wait, did I just hear you I know, say? I know. Well, we got to make I, it official. I have to pick it either my... Either my beloved Vikings or the hated Packers. Yeah. No, I, I'm a bit, obviously a big Vikings fan. But now Kev's saying that if the Vikes are having an off year, I tell you what, I, I'm right there with the Packers. And I tell you what, we got to watch out for them, gosh dang Packers. I know. They're looking I good. Know. And it looks like this love kid. Could you imagine if they've had three franchise quarterbacks in a row? I can't take it. I can't either. I can't take I it. Can't. Kev, I'm right with you. I'm right with you. Uh-huh. Well, we have to make it official because there's so many people in I know. that are Packer fans, too. I know. So we got to make it official. All right. Question number three. Who's your favorite actress of all time? Oh, boy. Favorite actress of all time. Oh, my goodness. I got to think about that. Um, oh, golly, Kev. I know. That's a hard one. Um. Oh, I. You stumped me on that one. I'm trying to think of some favorite. You know, I'm not a big movie goer, but. Um. Wow. Yeah. Can we come back to that one? Okay. Let me keep thinking about that one. All right. Question number four. Another movie one. Who was the best grumpy old man? Oh, so it comes between either Jack Lemon or um, can't think of the Walter Walter Matthau. Walter Matthau. or Burgess Meredith. Oh, that's right! Gosh, they were all good. Yeah. It's a tie. They're all they're all to me. They're all great. That, that's the greatest movies. I love it them. Is. I give the nod to Burgess myself. Do you? Yeah, yeah. He, he was yeah. <laughs> All right, here's another tough one. Question number five. What is your favorite black and white movie of all time? Oh. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life. Oh. That might be your favorite overall movie of it all is. time, It is. And you know what? It's, you know, we're in the holiday season. I always, I, I watch, I can't get Jill to watch it anymore or anybody else with me, but I'll, uh, I'll sit down and watch It's a Wonderful Life. And now you can get it in color, too, you yeah. know. But, uh, yeah, originally, that's a great movie. Oh, if that doesn't. If that movie doesn't make you appreciate what you have in your life, 
You know, no matter how difficult the situation, it, 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 it'll move you. Yeah. Yeah, it'll move it. Absolutely. So now i got to go back to this. Favorite actress. Favorite actress. I'm just going to say uh, Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts. Yeah. That's not a bad choice. No, no, and she's Been done in, some good stuff. She has. Been. Yeah. All right, Dick, always great to have you on the show. Thanks for taking the time, and have a very Merry Christmas. Kev, you too, and Merry Christmas to all of our listeners out there, and be safe out there on the ice. Pop, hunting, country.